Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hey, After Buzzers, welcome to the Sharp Objects After Show. We are so sad because this is the series finale episode 8 titled Milk, but this episode was chocolate full of crazy with a lot of teeth pulling and rat poison and really creepy dollhouses. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz we are getting in the mood with Mr. Johnny Cash here, and welcome to the Sharp Objects After Show. It's our last episode, episode eight. As always, I am Leslie Powers, joined by my lovely co-host ladies. Hey guys, I'm Carolina Benetti. Hi everyone, I'm Heather Geisler. And we are going to dive into this awesome finale based on the book by Gillian Flynn. And don't forget to stay tuned, because later we are going to talk about our special segment, The Feminist Chronicles, with Pulitzer Prize winning journalist Ellen Berry, and with some news and gossip about what our actors of Sharp Objects are up to next. Yes. So stay tuned. We have so many people in the chat right now. It's very exciting, so join us if you are not in there already. Heather, how many people are, well, are commenting? Well, we have plenty of comments already <laughs> to tell you just how good this finale was, and we have 65 people watching, so oh thank gosh. you to every single one of you. Yay! Thank you guys. You guys are the best. I want to get some initial thoughts from you ladies on this finale. Was it everything you hoped for and more? Carolina? I mean, I haven't read the book, but can you really beat that ending? No. Man, what it. an exit. What an <laughs> exit. I hope that if any of you are out there and you watched it and you skipped the credits, stop mm-hmm. what you're doing. Yeah. If you're driving, pull over. I need you to watch the credits because there is a scene. Mm-hmm. Okay? Hop in that. <laughs> um... But, you know, I wasn't really surprised. I feel like we were yeah. leading up to Adora's um, arrest and throughout the entire series, I felt that we learned more about Adora and her messed up relationship with her daughters than we did about the actual case. Mm-hmm. That right. always seemed to be secondary, um, which seems counterintuitive considering that that's the bigger deal of what's going on. But this puts Mary mm-hmm. in case to rest. Um, and I wasn't completely surprised. I mean, I had pegged Emma as the killer multiple times throughout and I always vacillated that she did it by herself she didn't do it by herself I thought maybe she did it with her mother but then that didn't quite fit with someone who's obsessed with fixing people you know yeah so I wasn't surprised Heather you've read the book so you weren't surprised yeah (laughs) and we went through and did a little did a little recap to see how it compared to this Mm -hmm. ending but I really love that this episode was took a majority of the time inside the house with just Adora and the two daughters, we had some flashbacks. I thought it was really, really good. I just wish we had more. I know. I want to see more. <laughs> I know. It's just a creepy town. And just I, I agree with Carolina that I feel like the show was so much more about the relationships mm-hmm. and Camille and um, how she was going to kind of redeem herself for herself in the end than it was about the actual killing. So mm-hmm. I wonder if, in the live chat if you liked that or if you really wanted a lot more about the case and if you thought it kind of took a misdirection. Um, so let us know your thoughts. Yes. Um, so the episode starts with kind of picking up where we left off last week where a Camille... train wreck. Yeah, Camille's like so nervous walking into the house because she's like, I know my mom's a psycho <laughs> with this Munchausen by proxy disease, if you want to call it that. 
And now I have to go into the house and decide what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. So did when she walked in, did you guys think she was just going to, like, be like, you did it! Yeah! <laughs> I, that's what I, I thought she was going to come in, guns blazing. And that mm-hmm. was not it. It was like, let me sit down and be poisoned by this dinner. <laughs> She just goes along with it. <laughs> yeah, did you... I wondered when she was, like, looking at if it was the ham or whatever. That no, she, I think she faked it to get it started. Well, no, 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 she did, but I wondered when she, like, came in if she thought the ham was poisoned or something, because she looked at it really, like... Yeah. Like, weird, like, you're eating right now, you crazy weirdo. I don't know. Like, what's wrong with you? That was a family dinner that was just bizarre. I would never want to be a part of... Like, <laughs> oh... Yeah. I mean, it was, so like, supposed eerie. to be celebrating, too. They were like, we're celebrating John Keane being found as the killer it was such yeah. a morbid conversation but throughout it especially when she suggested taking Emma with her to mm-hmm. St. Louis I was expecting her to get into another verbal argument like a real verbal argument with her mother yeah. over taking custody of Emma and then I was expecting that to like kind of be a roller coaster that's mm-hmm. gone off its rails but instead, uh, you know, Adora puts her attention on Emma, mm-hmm. and Camille does the surefire thing that she knows yeah. will gain her the attention. She fakes illness. Yeah. I definitely thought mm-hmm. she would be like, well, honey, that's a great idea, but that's never happening. Like, Emma's never leaving this house mm-hmm. as much as you want to calmly ask. No, because her mother yeah. never admitted anything that was off color, so she would never admit that that's her ultimate goal. Oh, no, to, like, keep her forever. And I love that they said, you know, they were talking about John Keane, and they were saying, like, you know, talking about the death penalty and the needles, and Emma was like, like the needles I get sometime, Mama. (laughs) She's like, no, honey, those are different needles. So creepy. Well, remember, if we cite back to the previous episode, we saw that she actually had feeding tubes inserted into her stomach. So, you know, I feel like Adora created the monster that Emma became. You can only take so much abuse, and... Like, the psychology of constantly having to be ill for your mother to take care of you. Yeah. Because, as we saw in this episode, this entire series, she has done nothing but belittle Camille and heap abuse upon abuse on her. The moment Camille allows her to abuse her by, quote-unquote, caring for her, mm-hmm. she's like, you're such a good girl. Don't you see how much we needed this? Yeah. This is what was missing. You're the most like me. And could you imagine being a little girl? Emma's a different person from Camille. The only way she could get affection from her mother was to be ill. Yeah. And there's a whole... I don't know if you guys have seen this documentary on HBO. I'm, like, blanking on the name, of course, right now, but... Mommy Dearest. Mommy Dearest. Something, yeah. something, something Mommy Dearest. Something yeah. like that. But there's a whole documentary about a woman who had mm-hmm. Munchausen by proxy, and then her daughter... Spoiler, her daughter and her daughter's boyfriend ended up killing her because of the years of abuse... That she did to her, and she just was so confused because she, you know, was sick her entire life with every... I mean, she told her she couldn't walk and put her in a wheelchair when it turns out she could walk, but she was so brainwashed, like, wild. Mm -hmm. So So after the dinner, you know, like we're saying, she all of a sudden, Camille fakes a sickness to be like, let me take it off Emma, I'm trying to protect her. And then, you know, Adora starts to be like... Um, yeah, isn't it, isn't it good to be looked after? You're such a good girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point I was like, Camille's body can't handle this. Were you guys thinking that? Like, she's so beat down from cutting herself yeah. and the alcohol that like... I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I, Cause I kept asking myself, why, 
like I know initially she was trying to get Emma out of the situation and maybe mm-hmm. take like some of the brunt of the mom's affection. But then I was like, why is she still going along with it? Is it just that she physically can't stop anything? I just didn't get it, you know. I felt like Camille was stronger than that. But obviously she wasn't and I do think she would have just died there on the floor if well, I think, it, yeah, and I think that's her. because they were saying later on, you know, like, Emma kind of built up a tolerance yeah. for it, but Camille's body sense. was not, yeah. it was a shock more yeah. than, like, oh, this is something that my body has had before, so that's why yeah, she got poison. so, yeah, <laughs> that's why she got so sick, but then we kind of take a break from the house for, like, the little time that we did, and we go to the police station, where John Keene is getting questioned, and they're saying, your girlfriend gave you up, what a, you know what, for mm-hmm. doing that, and he's like, what are you talking about? They're like, how can you yeah. explain Natalie's blood underneath your bed? And, you know, he still's not going to give it to mm-hmm. them. What I find interesting is that they arrested Adora despite the fact that they did find Natalie's blood there. And it was like, oh, we got Adora. We're not even going to go after an accomplice because it doesn't add up Yeah, for Adora. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. But I, I think with John Keane, the biggest point of that is I couldn't tell if Chief Vickery believed him right if he was like starting right. to have his wheels turn like no, maybe Vickery he is didn't. telling the truth and i don't i need Vickery. to look further and well how sad that like john Keane didn't even know like he's making the realization she was murdered in my in like my oh, apartment yes. good point he was like it happened there right but then <clears throat> and also okay so he didn't know because ashley was the one who cleaned it up right so yes. that's why he didn't know there was blood there. Because I was like, how do you miss that? Because I, I think ultimately she yeah. didn't, wasn't 100% sure, like, when she found the blood, right, maybe. Right. Like, did he do it? Then we, then I we thought that she did know because she said to Emma at one point that she was, that she knew the type of girl that she really was. Remember yeah. when they get into that big fight at the party and things yeah. are said? I think Ashley knew. But she knew that she was never going to get an entire town to believe that the princess did it. So she was covering up yeah. for John just in case the the finger got pointed. Yeah. At and him. then when he didn't do what she wanted, she made him fall on the sword on this just to get her created. name in, just to get her name yeah, in the paper. Yeah. And then and then we do see in the end credits, you know, her falling on the floor, and that's where she was murdered. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, God, it's so creepy. I so <laughs> I loved this little barbershop scene, too, before we get back to the house um, where the chief is getting, is about to get, sh- you know, mm-hmm. the, is about to get shaved or whatever. And Alan walks in. Yes. And I was like, oh, this is going to be it. They're going to, like, take blow for blow. But then all Chief Vickery said was, I ran into Amma's friends and she said that Amma was sick. And then Alan was like, yeah, it's going around. I hope you don't catch it because you're around her a lot. So, oh yeah, you're around her just as much as I am. Yeah. So here's the here's the question about Alan that I'm curious what you guys think. Like, did mm-hmm. he know all of this poisoning was going on? Did he just think it was a fluke? Did he? I think I don't he didn't know. realize the extent of it. You know, because yeah. his wife is so manic about the safety of these girls. Mm-hmm, true. You know, and he's always he said, "Give it a rest. Let a body take its course." You know, the body's a miraculous thing, and. And he was like, all right, this is your area. I feel that, especially after losing Marion, I feel that he just kind of relinquished all control, if he ever even had any at all. And maybe he didn't want to accept that she was doing it like but he, i think yeah. i think he did know and that is one of the reasons why he said 
you know, let them rest. He knew the extent to which mm. they were being poisoned. What do you guys think? Tell me. I'm dying to know. Because I couldn't... I could go either way for me. Yeah. I think he he knew, but he liked it in a weird way. Like, mm. he liked that his wife was a caregiver or he didn't really know, and he couldn't imagine that Adora would do that. Or is he just that stupid? Are you that dumb, Alan? I don't know. Yeah. A lot of people in the live chat yeah. think that Alan was definitely in on it, and why is he still walking free? Well, so. as we before we get back to the house, I know Carolina wants to tell us about some awesome stuff here at AfterBuzz. Absolutely, because you know what people can know? <laughs> hey, AfterBuzzers, our network produces after shows for nearly all your favorite TV shows. From dramas, reality TV, sci-fi, and more, there is no network that works harder to serve television fans. But we need your help. We're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. By subscribing to our channel, YouTube will suggest content that's tailor-made for you, and you'll help AfterBuzz continue to grow. And if you're worried about pesky notifications, don't be, because they're optional. So hit that subscribe button now for this channel and check out our AfterBuzz YouTube channels as well. Let us know you did so in the comments and we'll thank you on air. And for now, thanks for being the best fans and for helping us be the ESPN of TV talk. Woo! Yay! Yes, thanks thank you guys everyone. so much. Subscribe to us. Join us in the live chat. Comment after the show. Um, if you're on iTunes, give us that five-star rating. We love you guys. Is there any shout-outs you want to give? Yeah, well, let's talk about our question about Alan. Uh, let's see. M.A. says Alan was an accessory to attempted murder. There was one other about yeah. Alan. But can you be an accessory if you're unaware? Like truly unaware. You're just blind to it. Well, because you don't realize. Music. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't think he was music. blind to it. Um you know, tie somebody a lot of people are saying that that uh I, I believe they're talking about Camille's plan to kind of like take some of the brunt mm-hmm. was a bad plan. Uh was not good because clearly, you know, she she was hurting yeah, herself. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, but yeah, Camille's we have used to hurting herself, and her whole point was to get her sister out of the house. Different, different kind of hurt. And then yes. it made for good TV, yeah, you yeah. guys. Don't say yeah. Drew Schweitz Schweitz says, "Yeah, Alan is sketch." And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he is sketch. Yes. Do you yeah. remember from the book, Heather? Do you remember Alan's role? I, I, I personally don't remember Alan's role, but I do know that uh, Miss Aaliyah Jordan in our live chat, she has mentioned before that Alan was a lot worse in the book. In the book, okay. So. All right. Well, anyways, we go back to the house, and this is when Camille's getting really sick, and she's kind of seeing some flashes of her younger self and Marion, and Marion being like, you know, kind of coaxing her through it a little bit, like, get it out, puke it out, basically. All the puking was really gross. Um, but then, you know, Adora keep feeding her the medicine is like, I'm just helping nature along by making you so sick. It's so messed (laughs) up. But the thing is, is in Adora's head, she really wasn't making her daughter sick. In her head, she was really helping them. Yeah. That's, that's the thing that you have to understand. Like their mom is really honestly sick, like within the context of this story. Yeah. And it's messed up and it's easy from like a healthy, sane point of view to be like, that's Mm -hmm. messed up. What a monster, but she genuinely thinks she's doing the right thing. So then it's yeah. like, how do you combat that? So do you think she's a good mom? Yeah. <laughs> oh, honey, the best. <laughs> well, that's why I think they have those disclaimers at the end of the show about substance abuse. Because I think it, yeah. and I think each female mm-hmm. character in the show 
um, had some sort of disease of some sort and something passed through their, maybe their genes that Yeah, actually, when I was looking up news and gossip for us, I came across an article, I wish I would have read it now, but it was about why every woman in the town of Wingap had some sort of mental illness. I'm going to have to go back and look that up, but uh, if anyone's interested in that, there is an article floating around there about the mental illness in Wingap. Yeah, because Jackie, too. Do you know Mm -hmm. who wrote it? I I don't remember. I was just, you know, Googling away down the rabbit hole, you know. Yeah, Yeah, and then Camille, you know, gets Emma to come in the room, and she's like, you have to go find Richard. Like, you have to tell him that I said Mama is taking care of me, and that, you know, would have been his indication. So... Um, in the meantime, Adora's giving her a bath and, you know, I've waited for this for so long. And then Camille, you know, says you killed her. And she says it's so kind of under her breath almost mm-hmm. that Adora thinks it's like, she's like, you're, you're delusional mm-hmm. or you're funny or what? I don't remember what she said, but she's like, tells the story about her childhood. Like, yeah, we all had bad childhoods, but you know, yeah. she's it's a- selfish to hold on to it. Yeah. yeah. But she's ashes to ashes is what she said. Cause she burned her. Yeah. Well, she says that after Camille says, you killed her, you mm-hmm. burned her. And she goes, well, ashes to ashes. And then she talks about how she couldn't picture them being decomposing in a box. Mm-hmm. So I don't think she killed Marion in the sense that she cremated no, her. The girl no, was dead no. long before that. But mm-hmm. Camille meant you killed her by poison. But Adora yeah. took it as like, I'm not hearing you. I yeah. I think you're talking about this because yeah. I'm mentally But no, that's unstable. the thing is she's so sick that she really doesn't understand that she killed her daughter. Yeah. And then Alan didn't really get to grieve his... I mean, he did, he did and he didn't, but I don't, he didn't know the full you know truth, Alan's probably. Alan's ignorance gives him everything that's coming his way. Yeah. Yeah, there's no way he didn't hear the click-click. It's like the get out with the T. Oh, <laughs> so I kept right. thinking oh when she gosh, was mixing yeah. the medicine. I was like, oh, it's like, get yeah. out. See, that's why I don't think he was ignorant. He was there. He's aware. I don't think he had the Munchausen's, so... Yeah. yeah. I think the music turning up mm-hmm. was like... His way of drowning yes, exactly, it out. Exactly, exactly. He was trying to keep, keep uh, his... Detective Willis away and everything, and yeah. And what do we think about a few episodes ago when Alan was, like, biting his hand? Do you think that's because he... Frustrated by his things, life. Yeah, things are just, like, bubbling up, but he yes. never does anything with them? I'd like to see where Alan goes. Yeah. Now that his He's an interesting guy. Is in jail. So Detective Willis does stop by because he... Um, I think after his talk with John Keane, wanted to come see Camille, and um, Alan comes to the door and says, you know, she's not available right now. So what what do you guys think was the turning point between that um, and them coming to bust in the house? Mm-hmm. Because he sees Camille's car, and then we right. see the editor, Curry, come in, mm-hmm. and so do you think it was just a combination of him being like, something's not right here? Definitely, because, well, first of all, Alan says... Uh, oh, she, you know, she's out with her girlfriends. What girlfriends does Camille have <laughs> in the town of Wingap? <laughs> she doesn't have the old girlfriends. High girlfriends. I the know high the school, tech. Yeah, the yeah but that, that is so, you know, it's not super plausible. Uh, and then we hear later that, you know, it was Curry who could convince uh, Chief Vickery, mm. you know, that something was going on. So I think that Detective Willis went back, was trying to tell Chief Vickery something is going on, and it was with the aid of Curry. Like, okay, a, a second person who's removed from the situation yeah. is really concerned. I think that's how everything went down. Yeah, and then obviously when mm-hmm. they bust in and Camille's on the floor, and that's yeah. the first time Detective Willis had seen her scars, 
Uh-huh. It was a very much a moment of him being like, oh my God, I had no idea half of the things that are happening here. And she almost dies. I mean, I felt like she was going to, like, start doing this. I know. I wanted her, like, when she was trying to, like, I wanted her to, like, walk towards the window or something and try and, like, you know, bang on the window and, like, watch him drive away or, like, fall out the window. (laughs) I don't know. know. I kept thinking, well, I didn't want her to fall out the window. That's never. Okay, the girl's got enough problems. It's not a breaker now. You know. Um, No, but you know what? When he was, when he checked on her and then he was driving away, I had a moment where I thought that too, and I thought, no, this show is so true to real life in the sense of how people react to other people, Mm -hmm. that in real life, when you're in trouble and somebody says you're not there, most of the time people don't get a magical sixth sense that says, yeah, she's secretly Mm -hmm. locked up. They just say, okay, and they drive away, and he did exactly what people would do. He called her repeatedly Mm -hmm. to no answer, but the last time they saw each other, she was shagging an 18-year-old boy, so... She's not really, like, in the headspace in his mind to call him back. So it made sense that he would think that she was just shunning him. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. You know, so I thought that that was very real. It was a very real reaction of how things would happen in life. There usually isn't a Prince Charming that's like, I know she's up there. (laughs) But he's a detective. Yeah. But that still doesn't make you a superhero. So I thought that it was really true to life. You know, why, why would they be lying? He wasn't concerned for Camille's life at that point. He just knew something was off. Yeah, I guess he didn't, at the end of the day, he didn't know that Adora was doing that to her in that moment. He just knew that she was doing it to Emma, and, like, there obviously was just too many weird things happening, and John now, if Keen he had was been at the, the truth. If he had been at the barbershop, Richard, if Richard had been at the barbershop when that went down, and he heard Vickery say that everyone's sick at the house, I think that would have been a different true, story. true. Uh, but that didn't happen, and he didn't know mm-hmm. that. So he was going there under the impression that Camille is still blowing him off. Yeah. If anything, the stepfather would be lying to him about Camille not being there because she doesn't want to see him. Yeah, like he's doing that. Whole well, I think thing. Detective Willis, he was really unsure that John Keane was the, actually the murderer. Mm-hmm. So I still feel like he is also trying to check up and, you know, like what all do you of his know, suspicions. Camille? What you do you know? know? You've been helping me with this right. case. What do you know? Yeah. Good point. Yeah. he. That's what, that's what I thought he went there for as well. What you said is mm-hmm. I think he went to talk to her about John Keane because he sat on those stairs with Chief Victory and he, he, Vickery and he was like, this doesn't add up. Like, mm-hmm. it's not right. And the chief was like, I'm going to get him to break. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you can get anybody to break even when they're innocent. Yeah. Ugh, it's so it's so bad. But then and that's true. But then the cop, you know, they're searching the house, which that was such a scene and Adora's hysterical. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even Emma seeing her get arrested is like, mama, mama, like what's happening? <laughs> you know, like, oh, my God. So ridiculous. Well, and then, I think yeah. Emma at that point had to like a double concern for herself and for her mother because she didn't know if it was going to be found out at that point that she was the killer. Yeah. She doesn't know. She doesn't know they're not going to go through her dollhouse and find yeah. all the teeth. She doesn't know. Yeah. Like at yeah. that point. She's drugged out of her mind, so who knows, like, if you're in that state, what you're thinking of clearly, but she probably did want her mom to protect her because she was terrified that she was going to be found out as the killer. Yeah, and at the end of the day, she Mm -hmm. is a kid, even though she's messed up. Like, she's a kid kid. who wants her mom. You want your mom. And so they find the pliers, and I, the whole time, was like, okay, it could be anybody in the house that did the pliers. I still wasn't sure if it was Adora. So then, you know, there's kind of this, like, start of this aftermath. It's like, okay, all this stuff has happened. Now we think that we're just moving into what happens next. Um, and so Camille and Emma are in the hospital, and mm-hmm. detective shows up and says the blood matched Natalie and Anne. So 
somebody did it in in the house yeah. and we think no, it's a door he at said that point. the the pliers match the marks found on um natalie and ann's teeth not the blood well there was blood on the tip of the pliers in the shot was there yeah in the in the hospital scene he just talks about how the marks are like a match for, oh, okay. for, for the type types of, of pliers mm-hmm. okay gotcha so, and then he talks about how it was rat poison and it was a combination of things that Emma had a tolerance for, but Camille did not. So at that point, you're like, okay, it's obvious Adora's going to go to jail. Um, and then we see her in jail pleading not guilty. Did you ever think she would plead guilty? No. <laughs> I almost did. Really? I almost yeah. did because I thought, okay, maybe this is like her last act to take care of her daughter. Like, you know, if she suspected yeah. that not, I don't know if she suspected her daughter or not. Obviously she knows she didn't do it, you know? Yeah. So yeah. then, who well, does she think who, did? you know, who else could have done it? Uh, so then I thought, okay, maybe she'll plead guilty as like her last act to save her daughter. You yeah. Know? But I also feel like there's a part of her, of Adora that mm-hmm. just can't fathom Emma doing anything like that. If anything, she would have had questions for Alan. Or Camille. About the pliers. Mm-hmm. Or, no, not Camille, because she wasn't there. <laughs> I, know. I never thought Camille but was a killer. Not in her right mind. Yeah, it but didn't she, make yeah. sense. And at the end of the day, like, Camille is still her daughter and she still does want to take care of her. Mm-hmm. Like, even when the cops were there, she wasn't berating or blaming Camille. She kept saying, I don't care what she said, she's mentally ill. To her, her children are always ill and she has to protect Mm -hmm. them um but i did think about that when that whole scene was going down i was like i wonder if for a moment she thought could amma do this yeah but i also wonder if she was on trial saying not guilty for marion or saying not guilty for all of the right oh i thought for ann and natalie well i think the article that we read right before this said she is convicted of killing marion because that you know obviously can be proven by the, right. the mixture of medicine. And that's what they were saying, that they figured that moms of this Munchausen by proxy use the same, tend to find a medicine they like and use the same amongst all mm-hmm. children. Yeah, he said that in the hospital too. Yeah. So creepy. Ugh. So I wonder if her medical records, like Marion's medical records, would have traces of all of that. Because if, she's, if she's cremated, then you can't really test right. it at this point. Right. Well, that's why they took the their samples because they were going to match it to the symptoms that were being displayed in Marion's, and that I think that's how they got her. Yeah, that's ultimate. I mean, doing a little detective mm-hmm. work here, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so Listen, now, law and yeah. order has taught me a lot. You I can what? lawyer any day. Totally. <laughs> Objection. <laughs> <laughs> Objection. Uh, so now we're kind of in the aftermath where we're just seeing a lot of series of shots of, like, the new life of mm-hmm. Emma and Camille in St. Louis. It was really pretty. It was really sweet at first and pretty. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is going to be lovely, and Camille's going to take care of her. And no. Yeah. And then you see that um, they go to visit Adora, and they run into Jackie. And I loved this line that Emma said, like, because Jackie said, oh, I'll have to come visit you girls sometime. And then Emma says, like, don't, she's a pig and shit now that mama's gone because mm-hmm. she's like the top, yeah. top dog, I guess, in yeah. town. And Jackie knew the whole time. Yeah. I don't know how much you guys touched on that last week, but Jackie knew that she was poisoning. Was poisoning. Yeah. Marion. Yeah. I mean, would, mm-hmm. what would you guys do as, you know, I, I know a lot of people were probably focusing on Jackie in that moment, but in that moment, it really settled to me that something wasn't right. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, when Emma went to go see her mother, the way that she looked at her and put her hand up to the glass, I was like, yeah. she looks guilty. Like something's not right. And at that yeah. point, I was thinking that she helped her mother do it. That mm-hmm. she was somehow orchestrating it with her mm-hmm. mom. Definitely. And that she was saying, sorry, mama, and putting her hands up and getting emotional because yeah. it was a one-sided arrest. And we didn't get to see that conversation either. Yeah, yeah I'm really I, curious. Yeah. Very telling that that was mm-hmm. silenced from the audience. So for me, that I was more focused on that because Jackie, she's great, but she's an auxiliary character. Like I yeah. wasn't focused on her i was really waiting for the other shoe to drop that whole time i I felt that jackie was more presentable in this uh in this scene and she didn't seem as drunk or high like she normally is you know and i think that goes back to now if she is the top dog now she's running the show and she's more in control yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. no i liked both aspects of it i just think it's interesting to like show somebody like Jackie who is going to kind of continue this Southern culture now that Adora's, it's like it never ends. It's like a cycle of these women who just want to be, you know, the top of well, the food chain, I suppose. Well, at least she's just a drunk, so hopefully... Yeah, hopefully she's not going to be poisoning anybody foods. anytime soon. Yeah. So Camille completes her article, and Curry reads it out loud, and it's really interesting because there's a lot of... Camille's inner thoughts in that article about like, do I do I have Adora's blood? Do I I kind of like yeah. te- like teeter between kindness and taking care of Emma and like I like do I thrive on it? Do kindness. I like that she? Yeah, that I do I like that she likes me taking care mm-hmm. of her or the sickness that her mom had? Yeah. yeah. But to be honest, I thought that the writing was spectacular. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, for women, mm-hmm. isn't all of our biggest fears to have our mother's biggest flaw and to wake up one day and realize that we didn't escape it. Yeah, yeah, that it's in our blood. Yeah, so I feel like for Camille, that was something that Gillian wrote in that's like a true fact, I feel, that underlies within every woman is like, I don't know anybody who's like, I want to be just like my mom, especially the worst parts of her. Because as much as you love your mom, as you get older, you know, your parents kind of drop from being this superhero to being this human. Yeah. And you see them for who they are, which is a beautiful thing. And Mm -hmm. hopefully you, you know, forge a friendship with your parents in adulthood. And some people do and some people don't. But at the end of the day, nobody wants to become them because there's always something there like it's such a complex relationship and i thought that gillian did a wonderful job having that written into the into the show yeah was that in the book i couldn't tell you (laughs) don't remember but i will say i wouldn't say that's like the biggest thing that you're scared of i I would say that for me personally there'd be a lot of other things that would be more of a bigger fear but in this context i mean in the context that your mother point really mm-hmm. ill, you know. Yes, of course. Well, yeah, she, I have a normal mama, so yeah, she doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't <laughs> want to inherit that kind as of. As far as I know, that, you know. But think of it like even on a broader scope, like people who have a mom who might be an alcoholic, or a mom who might be mentally ill, or a mom who might be abusive, or you know, just like disdainful. There, there's like pains there that I feel people really go back to that they, they don't want to inherit that. So I thought that was very humanizing. I do like that yeah. Camille, you know, took over as the kind of the role model and mother mm-hmm. figure in Emma's life after Adora goes. I thought that was a nice shift. And finally, Camille has someone else to care for than just 
herself, yeah. which she didn't do a great job at caring for herself. So I did like getting to see some of that montage, and uh, it seemed like she had more of a a household mm-hmm. and yeah. a family, an actual family, until the very last moment. Yeah, well, well she even said... i oh, sorry. Sorry, I was going to say, I kept hoping that we would see Camille, like, obviously the cuts aren't going to go away, mm-hmm. but that we would see her healed, like she's come full circle from having to cut herself because she has someone else who needs to rely on her now. I think her overall like presence seemed a lot more confident, and I think it was a good point in the article, too, saying like she couldn't save one sister, but she was going to try to save the other. Um, and I thought that gave her purpose, and I think that purpose looked good on her. She looked yeah. a little bit more put together. Yep. But then she makes the point, like, Emma can't sleep without me, and she misses Adora, which is, like, really, to Curry's, like, isn't that, isn't that a bitch? Kind of, like, isn't that... That's how, you know, Stockholm Syndrome must be, is that you kind of miss the person who was harming you because it's comfort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is when it all starts to get weird, is that Emma has made a new friend in the building, and um, they go to dinner with Curry and his wife, and they start talking about, these young girls start talking about their future, and the girl basically is like, I want to be a journalist or in politics. And um, Emma's like, you know, kiss ass. You just want to do that because you want to impress Camille. But I have the gift of gab, mm-hmm. is what she says. And she wants to be an on-camera personality like us here at AfterBuzz. <laughs> um, but you can... Did you guys kind of feel that little bit of just distaste for her friend? That, Absolutely. That Absolutely. was sucking up? I what? wrote that down. I was like, this just proves who Emma truly is at her core. doesn't matter where her friends are, who her friends are. Like, if you just made a friend... Why you don't talk like that to them? I mean, with my best friend who I've known forever, mm-hmm. we might talk like that, you know, yeah. making little snide remarks or something, but we know each other. This is, you know, she's in a brand new city with, with new friends, and it just truly showed. Yeah. Yeah, Emma does not really care for people, I think. But at no. the same time, you saw how deep the obsession for her friend ran with Camille. Because I don't know if you guys caught this, but we actually froze it when we were watching it. And the girl had written in pen that was starting to fade a lot of the scars that are carved into Camille's skin. Mm -hmm. Um, Which we were trying to figure out. Did Emma write them on her or did the girl write them? But then obviously with the reveal at the end, you can only come to the, like, assumption or the, the conclusion that this girl wrote it on herself because she looked up to Camille so much that she started writing words into her body. Yeah, so live chatters, I'm curious if anyone has anything to say about that because I only caught the call yeah. mom on her hand. Like, it only looked like call mom. I didn't see the There's other things. Yeah. I, yeah. So, yeah, I needed to pause that. Yeah, we don't have anyone commenting yet about the words, um, but Locke121 says, Emma is a hater. Uh, they don't need a sequel. Um, let's see. <laughs> Kyle Cox said, I saw call mom, uh, quote, on mm-hmm. her arm. Anyone else? Synaxel says she was crying for help by writing on her skin. So I personally thought, because the next shot was Emma in bed writing yeah. with her pen. I was like, mm-hmm. that oh, has yeah, that's to a be... Good call. It has to be that she was the one who wrote it on her or something. Like, I could see Emma saying... Uh, May, let me, like, come here. Let me write these, you know, yeah. words on you. It's so cool. Like, my sister does it or something oh, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. But I, I can also see 
that your just gave point, me the but chills. Yeah. See, this is kind of what solidifies why I think Emma killed mm-hmm. her. Because in my mind, when I saw the pen shot, I thought that's the pen she used. So not only did she write her sister's words into her skin, mm-hmm. but she used Emma's pen to do it. I think Emma is just what I was a thinking. serial killer, and she I needed mean, some yeah, blood. She's she, she's she's wrong. So mm-hmm. yeah, let's get there. So her, but I think that I was just trying to get to the point that set off all the rage. Just, yeah. yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. then the next scene we see is that the May, her friend, her friend's mom, knocks on Camille's door and is kind of like, "Have you seen Emma?" Like the you know, her and May had a little bit of a fight, yeah. and then that immediately made me think of when John Keane and. Um, I don't know who else it was, talked a lot about Anne and, Nat- Anne and Natalie mm-hmm. having a fight and, like, how these girls fight with each other and then they go missing and they're dead. It's like that's kind of the last thing that happens to them. So, oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah. 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 So then Camille, you know, is kind of like, oh, I'll send her your way when I see her, whatever. And then she goes to throw something away in the trash and sees that... Emma threw something away from the dollhouse that May had been putting together. Mm-hmm. And when she goes to put it back in is when she notices there's something weird I'm seeing. And it's a freaking tooth. Ugh. And then it's a bunch of teeth Gross. in her ivory floor that was Emma, that was Adora's ivory floor at her house. How sick is that? But also disgustingly brilliant. Yeah, I mean, disgustingly <laughs> brilliant. That's a great yeah, yeah, description. Yeah, your teeth are... Ivory, so she nailed it. She she oh. nailed the teeth into she the ivory it. floor, and when Camille figures it out, and of course, Emma conveniently shows up and notices she is caught, and just says, "Don't, Don't tell, tell Mama." Mama. Ooh, but in that's such a, a good way to end it, I have to give it to Eliza Scanlon because that was a great delivery well, of that line. What I love too is like her character's absolute belief that Camille would protect her. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's she's just kind of like. Don't tell mama, but what are you going to do? That was what I felt like the intention was behind it. And we don't know. We don't know if Camille did anything about it because that's where it ended. But when the credits started happening and then the scene came up so we could get mm-hmm. Jean-Marc Vallée said in the like behind the scenes, like you get your satisfaction. He's like, just wait. It goes black, but just wait because then you see how Emma did it and you see her she did holding it with help. Yeah, she did it with help. And this is live chatters. We are trying to figure out did Natalie help her kill Ann Nash, and then did what it like. somebody else help her kill Natalie? Were our were Violet and April? Were you guys involved? Yeah. Will you Instagram me after this and tell me? Because we had you on the show and you couldn't tell us. So I'm here. I couldn't. Did we tell. have the killer's accomplices sitting right across from us? I know, but I really couldn't tell who the help was. But you get to see Emma's just mm. rage that she couldn't stand. But maybe she did it herself because then it shows the scene of her killing her new friend. Alone. Yeah, right. yeah. But there was somebody else there because we paused it. Mm-hmm. At least yeah. in the Ann Nash killing. Yeah, in the first in, one. In the first yeah. one. Mm-hmm. And I think that you were right, and it's Natalie. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I think. Yeah, and I, then they probably got in a fight, the whole attention thing, and then she yeah. decided to kill, you know, her as well. And I just want to say one last thing that John marc Valley said is that, you know, Emma's motivation was what we kept hearing from Ann Nash's dad and from people in town is that Adora took a liking to Ann Nash and Natalie Keene and cared about those girls and Emma did not like her mother caring for anybody else. And that's Mm -hmm. how the sickness and the cycle continues. And I have to say one thing, Aaliyah Jordan just said, no, Emma's friends Kelsey and Jodes helped her kill them. Okay, so, that so yeah, I'm so assuming Kelsey that's based on in, from the Violet. book. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So 
All right. I couldn't tell. I I couldn't tell tell either. That's a wrap. That is a wrap on our show, but we (laughs) do have an awesome special segment, our Feminist Chronicles. Tony, hit that cue. Wow. Yay. All right. It has been a pleasure getting to do this for you guys. This week I picked Ellen Barry. So she is currently the chief international correspondent of the New York Times. She is a Yale grad. She started her journalistic career there in the Yale newspaper. But in 2010, she won the Pulitzer Prize along with her writing partner. And they also won the George Polk Award um, for a piece on Russia. So it was actually called, um, it, the piece that she did on Russia was all about the political corruption that goes there. Ooh. Yeah, and it's an entire series, so you can check it out, and she won the Pulitzer for it, which is really incredible considering her first posting as a journalist was in Russia as a staff writer at the Moscow Moscow Times, and from there she went on to work uh, as the LA Times chief of station lead reporter in Atlanta. And then that's what led her to the New York Times, and now she oversees all of Southeast Asia. But in between that, she went back to Russia and did some hard-hitting reporting on their political corruption. And that needs to be brought to light. So, bravo, Ellen. Thank you, Ellen Berry, for being a pioneer for the female journalists out there. And we also have some news and gossip about what our actors are up to next. Yes, we do. Yes. So... First off, it was Amy Adams' 44th birthday on August 20th, so happy birthday to Miss Adams. She was an amazing leading lady for us, as always. Fun fact, she wanted to be a ballerina and not an actress, but she can probably play one. (laughs) So what is next for all of our wonderful cast? Well, the main four. Yes. Amy is, uh, she is in a movie with Christian Bale called Backseat. It's in post-production right now. It's about the life of Dick Cheney and his wife, Lynn, who she plays. I was background one day on that, so maybe you'll see me. I love it. Uh, And she's currently filming The Woman in the Window, which is another great book. It's by AJ Finn. I've read it. If you like Sharp Objects, you'll love that book. Go check it out and check out the movie when it comes out. And then, of course, we talked about this before. She will be in Disenchanted. Patricia Clarkson is in a new drama musical called Light on Broken Glass. That was announced. It hasn't started filming yet. She is also in a new comedy romance called Sell By, and that's in post-production. Chris Messina is in a new drama called True Adventures of Wolf Boy. That is completed, so we will be looking out for that. And in pre-production for a movie called We're Just Married. And then Eliza Scanlon, she is in Little Women, and that is in pre-production. That is the Louisa May Alcott novel. So we will see her in that. And she'll be pretty cool because I also heard that Emma Watson is possibly attached. Emma Stone. Or is Emma Watson too? I, I heard, yeah, and Natalie Portman and Emma Watson are possible like attachments to that. But oh, yeah, yeah Emma, wow, I mean, yeah. Little Women has a lot of women. Yeah, I uh, yeah. So, I read Emma Stone and that Greta Gerwig's going to direct, and I yeah, love and Meryl Streep is going to be awesome. Ooh, Meryl Streep is uh, attached for sure. Yeah. I absolutely loved Eliza Scanlon in this. I think she is a breakout star, mm, and I yeah. definitely I hope we see more of her in April and Violet and many more absolutely creepy, creepy roles. Yes, <laughs> and uh, just a quick little shout out to everybody who has joined us this season. 
we appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for joining us in our live chats, for subscribing to us. And I just want to shout out uh, a couple people for subscribing. Jenny Moore subscribed. I love Sharp Objects and Castle Rock after shows. Thank you, guys. Go check out check out all of our after shows. Um, Pimp Shay says, great review. I miss going to y'all after week's finale review. I'm going to miss y'all after next week's finale review. Spoiler Oh, oh! I was like, what? <laughs> uh, Nicole Tuning said, I subscribed. Really enjoy the show. And Melina Morrill said, I subscribe, girls. I also follow After Buzz, The Affair. Love your buzz. Keep up the great work. And again, thank you to everyone who has joined us tonight. Um, one last piece of news. As we know, there will not be a season two. The showrunner, Marty Noxon, has said, um, we're not talking about a season two. This is it. So bask in it while you can. And I, oh, we and definitely, we, we definitely basked in this and had a great time talking about this show. Well, even though there isn't a season two, um, what if there was? Let's say hypothetically mm-hmm. there was a season two. Quickly, what would you girls want to see, Carolina, from season two from these characters? I think I'd like to see Gillian come out with another book, and then I can ponder what I'd like to see. (laughs) Gillian, get on it. I'd like to see how Alan's life changes now that the women are gone from the house. Like, what is he going to do? Is he going to move on? And then, of course, let's see Amma be taken down. Mm -hmm. Or not. I'd like to see what Camille's reaction would be in general if she'd continue to protect her or not. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah. it's going to be hard to protect somebody when there's a dead little girl that lives in your compound. That's true. That's true. <laughs> this last scene with maybe her. Maybe they're on the run. I know. that. Could, yeah, <laughs> she could just take her and run. Yeah. Yeah, that would be interesting. very interesting. Well, like Heather said, we cannot thank you guys enough for joining us in the live chat. Subscribing to our channel. You guys were the most amazing fans. We are so sad to leave the show. Well, we absolutely loved it. Thank you, Jean-Marc Vallée and Marty Noxon, and of course, Gillian Flynn for creating this, and Amy and Eliza, Chris Messina, and Patricia Clarkson for doing an amazing job. We love you guys so much. Catch us on our other shows, and where can we find you guys on social media? You guys, I'm Heather Geisler, and you can find me on Instagram at 500 Days of Heather. Hey guys, I'm Carolina Benetti, and you can find me on Twitter at Carolina Benetti and on Instagram at LenaBean113. And you guys can find me on Twitter at LesliePowers15 and on Instagram at LMPowers15. To all the cast and crew of Sharp Objects, thank you for creating a wonderful show. We thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you later. Bye, Bye. everybody. We'll miss you. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 